Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Monday, August 15th, so we're, we're here in the middle of August, and this is the final week of the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax. So, here we go. We're in the final stretch. Uh, we've made it through the entire tournament. We have had recaps and reviews of every single night of action thus far here on the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast, and we're going to finish strong. Uh, if you're listening to this, please leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe, wherever you're listening to, you know, help us, help us out here, support us. If you have enjoyed uh, the 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 grand in-depth cover, uh, coverage that we've done for this tournament, uh, and we'll probably do it again next year. Um, it's been fun. This is the most I've been keeping up with the G1 in, in some time. Um, I, I normally watch, but obviously uh, don't take, or haven't taken uh, notes in in the capacity that I have for this year's tournament so uh you know leaving a like a comment whatever you want to do it helps us out we have a new intro on the podcast if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening you'll you'll, you'll you know you'll be hearing it uh much shorter get you you know into the action here quicker than before so instead of a minute long it's about 30 35 seconds uh if you're new here i'm pat uh i've been covering the entire g1 tournament by myself here on the podcast but that does not mean i'm the only person who covers uh, wrestling here for the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Rob has gotten very consistent with his coverage of uh, Friday Night Smackdown for WWE. It comes out every Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on, um, you know, recording time for him. Ryan and Angelo continue to cover Impact Wrestling every week. Uh, they go in-depth on, on the latest stuff going on in Impact. Ryan just released a review for the Emergence Impact Plus show, uh, which was headlined by a fantastic match between josh alexander and alex shelley for the impact world championship so check that out that's on youtube and our podcast feeds ryan has also started covering nxt uk uh i know it's not everybody's you know most watched show or anything but we have the coverage so uh it's exclusive to our youtube channel so if you are interested in uh hearing ryan recap nxt uk every week he typically keeps it between 20 and 30 minutes long for each show uh, so, if you're just looking to keep up to date, or if you're an NXT UK fan that wants to, you know, hear somebody talk about the show, Ryan is doing it now, so uh, consider checking it out on your, our YouTube channel. Uh, and last but not least, me and Joey have reunited, finally, after several months of us not doing it. Uh, I, again, I've been doing it sporadically by myself, but now we're back together, uh, and we are covering AEW Dynamite every week once again. Uh, we we just covered Quake by the Lake. We had a really good show, um, so check that out uh, on the podcast feed and on YouTube as well. And if you're on YouTube and you're listening, uh, if this is your first G1 review for us, we have a whole playlist covering uh, like chronological order of the entire tournament. So you can start at the beginning and get recaps for for each night. You can hear the reviews for each night. You can hear what matches you should watch and which ones you shouldn't, um, and get caught up because Thursday is the day. Thursday. Uh, is the finals for this year's tournament, and we uh, we're, we're getting there. So, uh, if my volume is inconsistent, please <laughs> forgive me. I am still dealing with uh, with ear issues, um, with uh, just earwax buildup. So, uh, my hearing is not the best. So, uh, my volume control isn't you know uh, in peak form. But uh, bear with me. It should be okay. I do have the audio levels in front of me to manage, but uh, regardless, hopefully it'll be better soon so I can get back to hearing normally. Um, but we're going to dive on in. 
we're talking about nights 16 and 17 here, and then we're going to go over the, uh, the, the scoring after day 17 and the preview for the final night of block action, which is tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, August the 16th, which by, for most people, you'll probably be listening to this uh, on the 16th. Uh, or after in the lead up to Thursday, uh, Thursday morning. So, um, as it stands for, uh, these next three shows for Tuesday, which is the final block action show, uh, Wednesday, I believe, which is the semifinals and then Thursday for the finals. I am thinking that I am going to wake up, uh, at like four thirty, five o'clock for each of these shows and watch them live. So I should be able to get reviews out quicker um, and just, you know, to stay on top of it. Um, and then at the end of the tournament, I will have like a, a whole like recap of just like what worked for me, what didn't, final thoughts, MVPs, uh, favorite matches, stuff like that. So if that's up your alley, consider, you know, uh, checking out our YouTube channel because that'll probably be where it goes up first. Uh, so... Um, yeah, and we've hit 200 subscribers. I forgot to mention, I completely forgot, but, uh, thank you to everybody who has subscribed to our YouTube channel in the past month. Uh, we really appreciate it. So, uh, shout out to all of you. Okay. Longer intro than normal, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, t typically I blow through these intros in like two minutes. Uh, so I was like, what, like five and a half, five, uh, yeah, like five and a half minutes. Um, so we're going to dive on into night 16 uh, with our commentary team of Kevin Kelly, Chris Carlton, and David Finley. Uh, as has been the case with every single day that I've done these, I will just give the undercard results really quick before going into the actual tournament matches. So undercard for night 16, we had uh, El Phantasmo, Chase Owens, Bad Luck, Fale, and Juice Robinson defeating Jado, David Finley, Tamatanga, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Jonah and Bad Dude Tito defeated Tom Waller and Royce Isaacs. Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito defeated Lance Archer, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taka Michinoku. And last but, uh, last but not least, Tomohiro Ishii, defeat, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Goto, and Okada uh, defeated Dick Togo, Sho, and Evil. So, uh, some thrilling undercard matches, I'm sure. But that would send us into our first tournament match of the night, which would be Kenta versus... Aaron Hanare in the C-Block match. Uh, so, let's dive on into this. Uh, Kenta takes control here to begin the match, uh, just keeping Hanare grounded before Hanare eventually fires off with his step-up kick in the corner and looks for a roundhouse kick as Kenta goes out to ringside with uh, Aaron Hanare just chasing him down uh, and then kicking him uh, against the ring post. We get back in the ring and Hanare controls with his strength keeping Kenta down until Kenta manages con uh, to connect with the DDT to break uh, things up in his favor. The Green Killer connects from Kenta, as commentary notes that Hanare has earned his spot in the tournament next year, whereas uh, with Kenta's disappointing run thus far, he is fighting to earn his spot, uh, with both guys being eliminated up, you know, by this point. The corner dropkick, uh, or the corner boot, I should say, uh, and then the hesitation drop kick and top rope double stomp all land for Kenta, but it only scores a two count here on Hanare. Kenta comes off the ropes for a strike, but Hanare catches him into the Berserker Bomb as he looks for Ultima, but Kenta manages to get his legs up onto the referee, uh, taking him down briefly as he uh, looks for a roll-up for a close two count, but then scores the, uh, the patented Power Slam uh, to set up for the GTS, but Hanare fights out of it. Kenta lights him up with palm strikes, 
Hanari then cuts off uh, the strong strikes, just landing a body blow and a kick to the head as he looks for the streets of rage, but Kenta grabs at the nose of Hanare uh, and then looks for game over, but transitions into a triangle hold. The game over then gets locked in uh, once the triangle gets broken out of, and Hanare is forced to tap out. So Kenta wins, moving to four points, and Hanare finishes his G1 this year, uh, his first G1, I should say, one and five with uh, two points. Uh, I thought these two had a uh, solid little match here. Not too long, uh, but I felt like they had solid enough chemistry, um, though I, <laughs> I really didn't buy that Aaron Hanari ever had a chance of winning this match. Uh, I'm excited to see him in next year's tournament, hopefully. Uh, I thought he had a very good performance throughout the, the G1 here in C Block, uh, obviously despite not getting many wins, only beating Tanahashi on the first night. Um, but yeah, again, I thought his performance-wise, like, I enjoyed all of, or I should say, I enjoyed most of his matches. I think the only one I didn't actively enjoy was his match with Evil. And that's not saying anything for Hanari, that's saying something for Evil. Um, I feel like, you know, um, Finley and uh, Aaron Hanari are two names that I don't think many people were thrilled about when they got announced for this tournament. But, you know, I, I feel like both guys have made the most of this year's G1 and elevated their stock in New Japan significantly, so... Um, yeah, I hope he gets into the G1 next year, and uh, I hope Kenta can get some momentum back after the tournament concludes, uh, concludes in a few days. And who knows, maybe we'll get the, uh, the long, uh, the long-awaited Kenta versus, uh, G uh, not Jeff Cobb, Kenta versus Shibata match. Um, so yeah, uh, but speaking of Jeff Cobb, he's up next, Toriano versus Jeff Cobb here in the A block. Jeff Cobb comes out as... What was dubbed Funny Jeff, uh, wearing a Hawaiian shirt with a chair and a DVD in hand as he gets a custom ring introduction similar to Yano to really com complete the cosplay here. Uh, Yano's entire theme song then plays and he doesn't come out as the countout starts before he quietly sneaks into the ring for a roll-up. He sprays the eyes and tries to pin Cobb again, but Cobb doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, work here. Uh, Cobb gets tied up in his singlet and the apron, like the ring skirt here, as a young lion has to try and help him get out, and he gets back in at 18. Yano gets his shirt locked in over his head, the tour of the islands lands, and Jeff Cobb wins. Nice and short, Jeff Cobb moves to 8 points, Yano finishes with 2. Don't really have much to say, it was a Yano match, but uh, at least some of it was funny. Shingo Takagi versus Yujiro Takahashi. I still can't believe we're living in a world where, at this point, Yujiro was leading the block. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, fighting heads to the floor early here as Peter strips out of her kimono, uh, just trying to seduce and distract Shingo Takagi, uh, which works briefly, uh, as Yujiro gets a chair shot onto Shingo, and uh, Shingo then gets dropped onto a barricade and gets taken down with a reverse DDT, so, you know... Yujiro's in control for, for, for a while here, uh, here, and as I noted, I got fairly tuned out of this for a good portion while Yujiro was in control. Uh, Shingo eventually goes for a vertical suplex, but Yuji bites the hand to get out. Uh, looks for the Fisherman Buster, but Shingo bites back. Uh, Yujiro comes off the ropes and eats an elbow to the face and a lariat that finally takes him down. As Shingo fires off a shoulder tackle, a power slam, and a standing senton in rapid succession, and then goes for the Noshigami, uh, which gets blocked as he gets a snap suplex to land instead for a two count. Uh, it's House of Torture, so of course Sho arrives, uh, taking things in Yujiro's advantage here as he, uh, you know, the distraction here allows Yujiro to land the Miami Shine for a two count. Uh, shenanigans involving a chair allows Yujiro to get a near fall, but Shingo blasts Takashi, uh, not Takashi, um, Takahashi. Uh, misspelled it here. Whoopsie. Uh, in the back of the head, 
the Maiden Japan lands, but Yudro unfortunately kicks out. Uh, we go back to ringside, and Yudro looks for Pimp Juice, but ends up getting the Fisherman Buster instead. Um, but Shingo uh, gets him up with a, a DVD on the floor here, and um, and we get a, a count-out tease, but Shingo gets in at 18, and uh, Sho throws Yudro in at the very last second to prevent the fifth count-out of this tournament, so thank God. Uh, Shingo gets sent into Marty Asami, the ref here, as we get a ref bump. The reverse DDT lands once again as Sho sends in the chair. Yudro lands the chair shot to Shingo, but he kind of just no-sells it and just punches the chair into the face of Yudro and then pegs it at Sho, taking him off of the apron. The pumping bomber lands, followed up by the last of the dragon, and Shingo Takagi wins, moving to six points as he now holds the tiebreaker over Yujiro as we continue Operation Chaos here. Uh, so Yujiro finishes his tournament at 3-3. Three and three. Shingo moves to 3-2, and two, uh, tied with Finley at this point, as David has the tiebreaker over Shingo, but Yujiro has it over Shingo, and Shingo has it over Yujiro. Um... Or, sorry, this doesn't make sense. Uh, David has the tiebreaker over Shingo, but Yujiro has it over Finley, and Shingo has it over Yujiro. Uh, meaning that it is a dead tie that would force a play-in match here, and Kevin and Chris then uh, explain Operation Chaos, of the, as they have dubbed it, uh, which would lead to a seven-way tie in D-block if everything goes to plan. Uh, just, you know, uh, we'll get more into it as we talk, but uh, it'll come back later. Uh, I, as for this match, it was kind of crazy for how close it seemed Yujiro was to winning at points, uh, so I feel like the drama was played well. Shingo's final comeback at the end was a great closing to this match. Um, so, I won't say that this was like the greatest match of the tournament, but I, I was invested. Uh, and for the seven-way tie to work, uh, Shingo has to lose his final match, which is to El Phantasmo on uh, tomorrow. So, that sends us into Will Ospreay versus Yoshihashi, which is... Another D-block match here that, uh, you know, plays a big factor in Operation Chaos. So, uh, for this to work, it would have required Will Ospreay to beat Yoshihashi here with uh, Chris Carlton and Kevin saying that... Uh, Kevin is asked if he's going to have t-shirts made to support the movement. Um, but, so, for this to work, Yoshihashi had to uh, lose here to Will Ospreay, and then he would have to beat David Finley on the following night, and then Shingo would have to lose on the final night, and Osprey would have to lose on the final night. So some big requirements here. Uh, to start here, Osprey just murders Yoshihashi with a running boot off the ropes early on as uh, Kevin and Chris talk about Osprey and Aussie Open entering the AEW Trios title tournament with Osprey being a provocateur and trying to get noticed in every company as he just brutalizes the injured shoulder of Yoshi on the apron and takes him down to the ringside area as he just slams the shoulder directly into the ring post. Uh, Yoshihashi gets control briefly here before Osprey just flies off the ropes with a huge flying kick and a big plancha to the floor, taking down Yoshihashi once again. The springboard forearm lands back in the ring for Will, but only gets a two count as he then looks for Chelsea Grin, but can't get it as he goes for a hook kick instead. Uh, Yoshihashi gets a few chops in on Osprey, but Will flips off of his chest and kicks him in the face to take him down once again. Osprey goes up top, but Yoshi climbs up to meet him, striking the chest as he looks for the superplex, but the two trade blows to the body as Osprey goes down or uh, goes to town with headbutts before slamming Yoshi back into the ring, uh, and then jumps off the top with a forearm to the back of the head, and then a falcon arrow for another big two count. The Oz Cutter gets looked for, but Yoshihashi catches Osprey with a dragon suplex as he goes back to clutching the injured shoulder, with both men getting to their feet, uh, before Yoshihashi then connects with a big chop to the chest and a super kick to level Will. 
Karma gets looked for, but Osprey fights out with the elbows to the shoulder of Yoshihashi. Uh, both men hold onto each other's wrists here, just trying to maintain wrist control, and they unload forearms to the face for a big exchange, uh, and they go down after Osprey gets another big headbutt. Karma lands out of nowhere from Yoshihashi, but he takes too long to cover as Osprey kicks out. Uh, Karma gets looked for again, but Osprey counters with a cutter and then lands the Os cutter in succession as Yoshihashi just barely kicks out. The Destroyer lands for Yoshi, but Osprey kicks out. The hook kick connects from Osprey, a lariat from Yoshihashi, and a second hook kick followed up with a huge powerbomb uh, that Yoshi somehow counters into a face buster. Uh, he gets the Kumagaroshi, but Will kicks out for a crazy 2.9 count. Osprey catches Yoshihashi with a standing Spanish fly for another 2 count. He lands the Chelsea Grin and the Hidden Blade back-to-back, -back, and Will Osprey wins. So Osprey moves to 6 points, and Yoshihashi sits at 4. Operation Chaos continues coming out of this, uh, so Yoshihashi would need to beat Finley on night 17 uh, to keep it going for the uh, for the dreams of the 7-way tie in D-Block. And Phantasmo, again, needs to beat Shingo on the final night. We obviously know that Yoshihashi, spoiler alert, uh, you know, he, he defeated David Finley. So, uh, yeah. But uh, crazy that, you know, this is even a possibility. It's most certainly not going to happen. But the fact that this is a possibility of, of a seven-way tie in the G1 Climax is wild. Um, I thought this was a sensational main event between Osprey and Yoshihashi. Um, with I, I, Again, I, I will continue to praise Yoshihashi. I think he is one of the MVPs of this year's tournament. I thought he has had a fantastic one from, from top to bottom. Um, cannot recommend Yoshihashi's matches in, in D-Block enough. This guy has fucking killed it. Uh, and this is, this is like one of the, the, the semi-main event and the main event are the two must-watch matches from this show. Yoshihashi and Will killed it. Um, as has been the case for D-Block. D-Block has been my favorite block of the tournament. D and C-Block were both awesome. Besides, any evil match in C-Block can be skipped, but everything else in C-Block has been really good. Uh, and that would send us into the main event. Uh, thank you for the air freshener that just went off in the background. But uh, the main event, Taichi versus Jay White, as Taichi would look to end Jay's undefeated streak in the G1 this year. Uh, and this is obviously Jay's return after being pulled from two shows due to heatstroke. So, um, you know, it was interesting to see him back. Uh, and he would... Uh, a lot of this match would for, for his selling would be, um, you know, selling his shortness of breath and, you know, the effects that have been taken on him and uh tai chi would target the 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 ribs and the neck and just you know make it a not a fun time for jay white but uh white snaps tai chi's neck over the top rope and sends tai chi down to ringside he takes control of the early goings on here he drapes tai chi's neck over the railing and chokes him out of the cables at ringside uh and he just tries to get the air out of tai chi here and eventually uh, yells at miho to shut up for supporting tai chi Taichi gets laid out on the apron, and Jay grabs the ring skirt and wraps it around Taichi's head, basically just trying to kill the man, um, and then rolls him in for the pin in the ring, but Red Shoes refuses to count, obviously, uh, and Gato protests this as Jay uses his towel to choke out Taichi while Red Shoes is getting into it with Gato uh, before he takes the towel away. Taichi gets the kicks out against White's legs, though Jay gets a Death Valley bomb as he uh, as he takes time to get back to his feet, selling the, the legs from the, the strong kicks of Taichi. We had a big running uppercut that lands in the corner, as does a blade buster from Jay, uh, scoring a two count here, as he continues to sell the damage to his legs that occurred from the kicks. The Uranagi gets looked for, but Taichi swings with a kick and misses, as Jay drops him with the complete shot, and then scores a deadlift German suplex. The pants come off from Taichi, as Gato is 
dragging Miho Abe at ringside by the hair. Uh, I think this is the biggest heel move I've ever seen in New Japan. As Gato states he is going to keep her. Uh, White manages to get a cheap shot while Taichi's distracted. Uh, and Jay plays with him, questioning if he's going to save Miho. Taichi just eats chops in the corner, but makes it to his feet as he just starts no-selling these, keeping eye contact with Gato and Miho as he no-sells the offense from Jay, eventually just dropping him with a huge strike to the face as Gato lets go of Miho, uh, with Taichi coming to ringside to her aid. Kanemaru gets off of commentary uh, and comes for backup as you know, to, to block Gato from running away. Gato gets into the ring and Taichi takes out both Jay White and Gato with a double axe bomber. A last ride powerbomb lands on Jay White as he stacks him for a, a big two count here. Buzzsaw kick from Taichi. The Blade Runner fails from Jay as Taichi gets a crazy near fall using the Gato clutch, uh, ironically in front of Gato. The uh, Black Mephisto gets left for, but Jay gets out and we get the sumo toss from Taichi before another big near fall after connecting with a massive strike to the face of Jay. A big suplex from Taichi scores another close count here, but Jay catches him with the Blade Runner as he fails to cover, and uh, both men are laid out in the center of the ring, but another Blade Runner lands and Jay White wins, moving to 10 points, remaining unbeaten so far in this year's tournament, as Taichi sits at 4 points. Uh, so it's looking very possible that Jay runs the gauntlet and remains undefeated in block matches, though I'm still under the assumption that Tamatanga will be beating him tomorrow in their final match and taking the block. Storyline-wise, it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, regardless, I thought, you know, Jay's had a fantastic tournament in terms of his match quality, and this bout with Taichi was another notch in the belt. Um, even coming off a heat stroke, King Switch does not disappoint. Um, so, uh, yeah, very strong final two matches on the show. Yoshihashi and Will Ospreay are matches I would highly recommend. Or Yoshihashi and Will Ospreay is a match I would highly recommend, and Taichi and Jay White as well. I thought they were both awesome main events here, or semi-end main event. Um, Shingo and Yujiro was better than expected. You can skip Jeff and Yano, uh, just because it was short and meaningless. And Kenta versus Hanari, if you like both guys, um, I feel like they're both kind of acquired taste. So if you like both of them, I would recommend it. But, uh, watching the two main events, I think, is the, the necessary thing that you should be doing. But, um, yeah. So that's it for Night 16, and that'll send us into Night 17 up next. All right, kicking things off with Night 17, our undercard tag matches... Uh, we'd be back to five because there was only four tournament matches. So we had the team of Dick Togo, Sho, Yujiro, and Evil, the whole house of torture here, defeating Fujita, Oiwa, Nakashima, and Hiroki Goto. Uh, Will Ospreay and Aaron Hanari defeated Bad Dude Tito and Jonah. El Phantasmo, Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, and Juice Robinson defeated Bushi, Sonata, Shingo, and Naito. Uh, Yano, Ishii, and Okada defeated Takamichinoku, Zack Sabre Jr., and Lance Archer, and Tamatanga and Jado defeated Gato and Jay White with Gato eating the gun stun. So, um, yeah. And that would send us into our actual tournament matches, which would be kicked off with uh, Chase Owens and Yoshihashi. Um, sorry, not Chase Owens and Yoshihashi. It's David Finley and Yoshihashi. I have all of. Man, keeping up with this tournament taking us has taken such a toll on me. Uh, David Finley versus Yoshihashi. Uh, I've put two people who aren't even in the same block. Uh, and commentary would be Kevin Kelly and Jonah for the tournament matches. I thought Jonah actually did a pretty good job here uh, joining Kevin on commentary. I really have enjoyed um, most of the wrestlers that they've had do commentary. I think Jonah did really good. I think ALP did really good. I think Tom Lawler did really good. 
Um, I enjoyed Lance Archer. And David Finley, I didn't find offensive. I've seen some people who thought he was terrible. Um, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to his commentary. Or, I mean, he didn't leave an impression on me. Uh, so, uh, compared to everybody else, it was like, yeah, you know, it was nice that they were on commentary. But uh, we got Kevin Kelly and Jonah, and I thought they were a good fit here. Um, so... Uh, as was the case with Will Ospreay in his last match, Yoshihashi just gets brutalized here by Finley in the opening moments, with uh, David wrestling much more aggressively as a win for Finley here would mean he clinches the win for D-Block, uh, so obviously he's going to try and just, you know, end Yoshihashi early by going for the injured shoulder. Uh, Finley beats down the injured shoulder in the corner before eventually locking in a submission on Yoshi in the center of the ring. Uh, Yoshihashi fires back looking for the Kumagoroshi, but he can't get it due to the injured arm, as the two trade hard forearms to the face here. Um, and we get some uh, hard chops from Yoshi that rock David Finley's chest before we get a backslide pin attempt here, uh, and then Finley just drops him with three Uranagi backbreakers that are targeted towards the uh, shoulder here for a two count. Uh, the cutter lands from Finley, but Yoshihashi still kicks out as Finley then looks for the acid drop, but Yoshi evades and looks for the super kick uh, as Finley gets a roll-up and then a blue thunder bomb for a pair of two counts here. The trash panda gets attempted, but Yoshihashi slides off the back and connects with the super kick as Finley nails a lariat and then looks for the acid drop again, but Yoshihashi gets the roll-up here and Yoshihashi wins. So Yoshihashi moves to six points and David Finley sits at six points. Operation Chaos rolls on. The victory from Yoshihashi means that the D-Block is still able to finish with the 7-way tie. Uh, Shingo Takagi needs to uh, beat El Phantasmo to prevent it and win the block. And uh, Juice needs to beat Will on the final night. And the entire block would be tied with 3-3 three and three, uh, and unbreakable tiebreakers here that would send things into utter chaos. So, uh, again, it's not going to happen, but the fact that... I will always appreciate the G1 for booking crazy scenarios like this, and it, this is the craziest thing it's ever been, that there's a potential seven-way tie. Um, but the, the thought that has to go into this to make sure all of these tiebreakers work mathematically, um, it does take a lot. So, um, yeah, I thought David and Yoshihashi had a, a fun little opening match here. It's the end of the tournament, uh, and it's not the actual final night of the tournament, so, you know, I feel like some people are, are coming in a little... Uh, out of steam, Yoshihashi selling this injury, so it wasn't, you know, his best match by any means, but they had a, a solid little match here to open the show. Um, I really hope both guys get into the G1 next year. Um, I thought David Finley came out of this having raised his stock significantly. Uh, he went from a guy who I personally thought was just meh to somebody I really enjoyed this tournament, and Yoshihashi remains one of my favorites in New Japan, um, so hopefully both of these guys are in the G1 next year because I need it. The Great Okan versus Taichi. Uh, I was watching this early in the morning, and I'm going to be, I, I literally I will read you verbatim uh, what I wrote here. I honestly wasn't paying too much attention to this, but this was over fairly quickly. Uh, with some attempted pins and mat wrestling, the Great Okan got the pin out of nowhere off of a suplex and pin combo. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, I'm looking for, uh, I don't have the match time up in front of me. I guess I can go get it. Just because I'm curious, because I wrote that it was short. I'm, it's going to be funny. This is like 15 minutes. Um, no, okay. Seven minutes. Seven minutes with the pancake hold listed as the finish. Whatever that is. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, don't have much thoughts on this. I was, you know, 
this is breakfast time for me. I was eating some breakfast, and this was a match I didn't really care that much about. Uh, but Great Okan won, uh, so he finishes with four points. Taichi finishes with four, and that's their G1. I don't think Great Okan had the best tournament. Um, I thought his match with Jay White was exceptional. I thought that was a fantastic match. Taichi, I thought, had a bunch of really good matches, but Great Okan was somebody who I think I was disappointed with a bit um, in terms of performance-wise. Uh, Jeff Lawler, or not Jeff Lawler, Jeff Cobb versus Tom Lawler. Uh, you can see where I'm at right now. Uh, it's only, again, it's about 8 o'clock here. Uh, I'm going to finish recording this. I'm going to start uh, exporting the, the stuff, the, the, the video to YouTube. I'm going to go for a walk, have some dinner, uh, come back in and shower, and then upload this. And then I'm probably going to watch some... Uh, Evangelion and go to bed because I'm going to be waking up early for these next three days for the, the final days of the G1. So uh, bear with me here trying to, you know, get through all this. But uh, lockups to start as uh, Tom Lawler breaks out the strikes, going for some kicks and knees before getting sent across the ring with a big fallaway slam, uh, which Jonah called the sack of shit. Uh, Cobb goes for a splash in the corner, but Lawler catches him in the rear naked choke as the two men fall out to the ringside area. With Lawler taking a rough landing as the two trade forearms down on the floor, uh, Cobb gets a throat uh, throat throat thrust uh, before Lawler comes back and locks in a submission back in the ring as uh, Cobb just lifts him and power bombs Tom onto the apron to break it up. Uh, Lawler prevents the standing moonsault from Cobb as he locks the leg and goes for a knee bar, but Cobb escapes as Tom just kicks at the knees before transitioning into an arm bar. Uh, big fists connect from Cobb here, just attacking the ribs of Tom Lawler as we had a crazy overhead suplex from Jeff Cobb that sends Lawler flying across the ring again. The pump handle suplex gets looked for from Cobb as Lawler gets his feet onto the rope and then counters, uh, slamming Cobb's face down onto the mat before landing an Uranage on Jeff Cobb for a two count. That is very impressive to see Tom Lawler do. Uh, he's a smaller guy. A series of running elbows connect in the corner from Cobb before getting placed onto the top rope as he jumps off into a choke that Jeff transitions into a running suplex to take down Lawler. A common Geary from Tom Lawler here uh, gets followed up with a spin kick to the back of the head that gets another two for the former strong openweight champion. Rapid hard forearms all land across the face from Tom Lawler before Cobb fires off with a big super kick out of nowhere. But Tom drops Cobb with a right hand across the face just... Just a crazy strike here, just basically like a knockout slap uh, across the faces. Both men just face plant onto the mat together. Tom's up first, and he misses with the running PK as Cobb catches him uh, and then gets a German suplex here. Holding on as Tom tries to fight out, but Cobb drops him a second time. Lawler holds onto the arm and locks in the Kimura lock, uh, preventing the third suplex, just kneeing the arm of Cobb and then kneeing him in the face. He connects with a Kamagoye. For a near fall, Lawler sets up for the nasty knee, but Cobb gets out as Lawler then gets the regal plex as he drops Jeff Cobb and then follows up with the nasty knee on the brain and Tom Lawler wins, moving to six points and Jeff Cobb sits at six and this loss to Tom Lawler eliminates him from the tournament. I thought these two had a really good match. Um, I really like Tom Lawler. I hope we get more of him in New Japan. I would really like to see Lawler versus Zack Sabre Jr. in a singles match. Um... And, you know, because it is New Japan and we have the Forbidden Door, I would very much like to see Tom Lawler versus Brian Danielson. I think that would be awesome uh, if we can get that uh, New Japan versus AEW match. I thought th I think that would be awesome. So, uh, I, I love this. I, I really love Jeff Cobb, and Tom Lawler has sold me this tournament. So, uh, big fan. And that would send us on to the main event, which was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta in the C block. Hiroshi Tanahashi needed to win this match. 
And uh, so outside of the ring, Kenta gets a chair and brings it in. Giving it to Tanahashi is a bit of a distraction as he takes control of the ace to, uh, to start here. Just unloading with fists in the corner. And he has a kick to the back for a two count. And we go down to the floor and Kenta drops Tanahashi with the first DDT of the match onto the wooden floor of the basketball arena, as they note. Um, as commentary notes that it's a wooden floor here. And uh, so, yeah. Um, and he nails Tanahashi with kicks against the barricade. Kenta just keeps control here uh, in his favor before sending Tana into the barricade, back first, and then uh, back into the ring. Um, and he gets a two count off of all this offense. Tanahashi shows a bit of an offensive comeback later on, but Kenta cuts it short with a snap power slam to take him back down to the mat again. Uh, he goes up to the top turnbuckle and snaps the neck of Tanahashi over the rope with, like, his, um... Uh, looks like, he, like, the setup for a Tornado DDT, but he just, like, snaps him over the rope. Um, so, yeah. Uh, where were we? Uh, and then uh, Kenta goes back up and comes off with a diving lariat for another two count. We get a forearm exchange that breaks out as the two go back to their feet. Uh, Tanahashi going for the southpaw slap and accidentally nails red shoes as Kenta drops him with the DDT. With Red Shoes down and basically knocked out, Kenta gets the crutch from under the ring and just lays into Tanahashi for his own form of payback after the injuries he suffered in their match at Wrestle Kingdom, obviously, uh, back in January. Back to the floor, yet another DDT lands for Kenta as he grabs the timekeeper's table and sets it up next to the ring. Tana gets laid out on the table and Kenta goes uh, up to the top as he basically is going to try and stomp Tanahashi through the table. But Tana gets up and joins Kenta as Tanahashi looks to superplex Kenta off the top turnbuckle and down to the floor through a table. Uh, but Kenta prevents it with headbutts to Tanahashi. Uh, he sends the ace down under the apron and then lands the green killer rope hung DDT. So basically just this whole match is DDTs to Tanahashi's head. Uh, Red Shoes gets back in as we get the big boot in the corner and the hesitation dropkick landing directly to the face of Tanahashi from Kenta. Uh, and he goes up high as he comes off the top with the double stomp, but Tanahashi kicks out at two. Tanahashi gets hung up on the ropes and Kenta just lifts the table and tosses it at the, to at the head of Tanahashi here. Uh, somebody I've never seen somebody use the table as a like a throwing weapon. The GTS gets called for back in the ring, but Tana gets off and lands a twist and shout. Uh, he looks for the sling blade, but Kenta catches him in the GTS as Tana does counter out of this and lands two sling, ba uh, two sling blades for a two count. Uh, Tanahashi climbs up top and connects with aces high, but he can't get hi-fi flow as Kenta gets the knees up. The Busaiku knee lands, but only a near fall. Uh, Kenta looks for the GTS once again as Tanahashi gets out with the inside cradle that he's won throughout this tournament. So big near fall here as uh, Kenta gets out right at the end. And then just brutalizes Tanahashi with palm strikes, eventually dropping him with the last one uh, for basically like a knockout slap. Uh, a huge knee strike just right across the, the face to Tanahashi. And he gets him up and go to sleep. Kenta wins, moving to six points. He finishes even, and he cuts off Hiroshi Tanahashi. He prevents Tanahashi from uh, making the semifinals. And yeah. He effectively eliminates Tanahashi from the tournament. So um, I thought these two had a very, very good main event. I, I'm still a Kenta supporter. I know everybody doesn't love him, but I, I still really like Kenta, and Tanahashi's the ace for a reason. Uh, so I thought very strong main event here. Um, easily the match of the day. Uh, so coming out of this are points heading into the final night of block action. A block is led by Okada with eight points. Um, and the only person who is technically Jonah still in it heading into this, but Lance Archer is the other person. So, 
Uh, Kazuchika Okada at 8 points, Toriyano at 2, Tom Muller at 6, Jonah at 6, Jeff Cobb at 6, Lance Archer at 6, and Bad Luck Fale at 4. Uh, we'll go over, you know, how uh, Jonah could win when we get to that, uh, when we go over the, the, the final night's card. Uh, B Block is led by Jay White at 10 points. And we have uh, Tamatanga is the only other person in contention here at 8 points, and they face each other on the final day of the tournament. Uh, Sonata at 6 points, Chase Owens, Great Okan, and Taichi at 4, and Tomohiro Ishii at 2. Uh, just had a terrible tournament uh, uh, in-ring-wise. Not in-ring-wise, uh, scoring-wise. Ishii still had a fairly good uh, tournament, like, match-quality-wise. C-Block, uh, Tetsuya Naito at 6, Hiroki Goto at 6, Hiroshi Tanahashi at 6, uh, Kenta at 6, Aaron Hanari at 2, Evil at 4, and leading the block is Zack Sabre Jr. as he fights Naito on the last night, and the only three people in contention are Zack, Naito, and Goto. Uh, and then for D-Block, the craziness of D-Block here, Yujiro Takahashi, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, Finley, and Yoshihashi at 6 points, Juice and Phantasmo at 4. If Juice and Phantasmo win on the final night, we have a 7-way unbreakable tie between everybody in the D-Block. So, Fun. Uh, so let's go over the, or I'll give the updated score for our predictions challenge that we're doing, and then I will go over the final night of the tournament. So, coming out of night 17, I was not a strong night for everybody. Angelo only got one, Rob got two, Joey got two, Ryan, Sam, and myself, uh, Pat, got three. So our scores heading into the final night of the Block matches are Ryan at 40, Sam at 40, Joey at 40, Angelo at 41, Pat at 44, and Rob at 49. Uh, and then obviously we have these eight matches, and we have bonus points that we'll get to when we, uh, you know, when we get to the end of the tournament. So, all right. Uh, so let's go over this card. We have eight tournament matches tomorrow at 5 a.m. Uh, I will be watching this live, and it's going to be quite the time, I'm sure. Uh, so opening the show, they did give us the order that we're going in. So, uh, opening the show is El Fantasma, or not El Fantasma, Will Ospreay and Juice Robinson is opening the show. Uh, so, an Osprey win here and a Takagi loss wins the block for um, Will Ospreay. If Robinson wins and Takagi loses his match, we get the tie. That is Juice's only hope of surviving. And then our second match is Shingo versus El Fantasma. So, these are going back to back. Uh, Takagi win, uh, he, he takes the block and wins. Uh, Phantasma wins and Osprey loses his match. We get the tie. Uh, so this, the first two matches of the show are going to be very, very thrilling. My assumption is that Juice beats Osprey. I have to assume they go that route. Juice beats Osprey. That sets up Juice to get a shot at Osprey's title that he still has. Um, I feel like that just makes sense. Juice beats him. They tease the seven-way tie. And then Shingo beats ELP with some crazy near falls that they like really sell that ELP is going to do it. Uh, and then Phantasmo disappoints the rest of the block. Um, I feel like that's just the way that, that it has to happen. Uh, then we go to our third match. Hiroki Goto versus Evil. Goto has to win his match. And uh, Zack has to lose to Naito as it would force a tie between uh, Naito and Goto. And Goto has the tiebreaker, which would mean he wins C-block. Uh, Evil's eliminated, so this is really is is Evil going to play spoiler for Goto. My assumption is that Evil beats Goto here, but we'll see. Uh, and then following this up, Naito versus Saber. Very surprised this is going on early, but you know it does appear that we're going to have these four matches and then the break. 
uh, like the intermission, and then we'll move on to the other ones. But I figured this one would be up towards the top of the card, as this is one of the matches with the highest stakes, and one that is very unpredictable, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, I think Saber makes a good call for going to the semis, and Naito has a good chance of winning the whole tournament. So, uh, Zach ha so basically, if Zach wins or draws in this match, he takes the block, and Naito has to win. Uh, and that sends us to Tomohiro Ishii versus Sonata, a match with zero stakes. <laughs> Both guys are eliminated and have no effect on uh, Jay and Tamatanga. So you would have assumed that, you know, Sonata and Tomohiro Ishii would, like, open the show since there's no stakes attached to their match, but oh well. Uh, also kind of surprised that this isn't, like, the semi-main event, but um, Jay White versus Tamatanga. Uh, Jay White, he has to win. Uh, or sorry, he does not have to win. He has to win or draw, uh, and he wins the block. If Tamatanga wins, he wins the block. He he would tie Jay, and he would have the tiebreaker, and likely Tamatanga would be Jay's big challenger for the fall. So, my assumption is Tamatanga. Bad luck, Fale versus Jonah. Uh, technically, Jonah is not mathematically eliminated. Um, if he beats Fale, and then if he were to run in and cause a double disqualification... Um, or, I guess, no contest in the main event, Jonah would win the block. So uh, that's not going to happen, especially with the way the card is structured. So effectively, Jonah is eliminated. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad the semi-main event is also a match that technically has, like, no stakes. <laughs> uh, and the main event, Okada versus Lance Archer. Okada, he needs to win or draw. He takes the block. If Archer wins, he wins the block and would have the second win over Okada uh, in this tournament, so... Um, yeah, so that's the G1, uh, block finals, and then I believe Wednesday night is our semifinals. We have nothing announced for that show, but we, we know that we're gonna have two semifinals matches. Um, obviously if D-Block does go to the tie, then D-Block is gonna have some other matches on that show. Um, so that's the only reason I could see them doing it, is that it would give the rest of the show something to do, but... Uh, it's probably, I'd assume, just undercard tag matches. Um, and then Thursday is the actual finals, um, and typically the finals are a pretty big show. Um, so, uh, yeah, but that's that. So that's the new that we caught up. I'm going to put this out as soon as I can. It's going to come out later than planned, but, uh, it's just a matter of when I got to be able to do it with work and stuff, so... Uh, thank you for joining me for another episode of our G1 coverage here at the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. Remember, if you have enjoyed this, please support us by subscribing to the podcast on streaming services and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, leave likes, ratings, comments, whatever you can. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you in the next episode as we continue our G1 coverage in the final days of the tournament. So thank you for listening and adios from me. Have a good rest of your night or a good morning whenever you're, uh, whenever you're listening to this.